All right, everybody, welcome to Social Insecurity. This is episode 11. I am Casey Brock, your host, and I'm here with my colleague, as always, Eric Lousen. How you doing, buddy? Doing all right. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, nothing has really happened since last you talked uh, with me. Yeah, pretty nothing s- nothing at all. No, pretty slow. Pretty slow news week. But uh, I think we'll get through somehow. But uh, no, I just wanted to say... You know, right at the beginning here, obviously, we we recorded the last episode, and I actually, I think I released it the day after Charlottesville, the events yeah, of Charlottesville, yeah. um, but uh, just one of those things, um, but crazy stuff, and obviously, we're going to, we're going to talk about that quite a bit, pretty, pretty harrowing week, um, lots of takes uh, flying everywhere, obviously, the first thing you know, that is worth mentioning is a young uh, woman lost her life, mm-hmm. uh, 32-year-old Heather Heyer, uh, Heyer Heyer, I believe, um, but she she lost her life when a uh, piece of shit, uh, neo-Nazi by the name of uh, James Fields, his name doesn't even really matter, but um, plowed his, uh, his car, actually 19 people were hurt. And, uh, you know, this is, this is not the, the first, you know, um, violent act, uh, via, you know, white supremacist, but this is obviously the first one, I think, uh, from a protest, uh, you know, one of these demonstrations or rallies from the perspective where somebody was actually murdered and killed. So, uh, uh, you know, the 19 people that were hurt, I don't know if you saw Laos and they were all pretty much part of socialist groups there was uh iww uh some members of dsa were there and some others but but crazy stuff man and then of course you know the night before was the the tiki torch rally right yes that Uh, which was just funny and my favorite part of that is people who went there the reason kkk war hoods was nobody knew their identity mm -hmm. these people show up and they, they call it doxed and you're not somebody you're not doxed if it's your face, like if somebody recognizes, hey, that's Jim from Charlotte, you know, North Carolina, then yeah, everybody's gonna know who you are. So that was funny. Yeah, exactly. You know, the KKK, it, it was actually for two reasons, right? I mean, the first was, you know, for identity's sake, because these, you know, were members of the community, right? These were your shopkeepers, your bartender, your, you know, your milkman, your your police. Um, judges, your your elected officials, but the second reason for the hoods was for intimidation. Right. Um, it was to intimidate people and you know, kind of instill that fear. You know, hence the hoods. You were supposed to look like a ghost. I mean, that was the whole point. Is you know a ghastly or ghostly thing to obviously intimidate. Uh, you know, African Americans first and foremost were were the target, but also uh, Jews, Hispanics. Uh, pretty much anyone that wasn't white um with obviously as i mentioned african americans being the primary target uh you know but um but yeah you're not doxxed um i did think it was funny that all of these pieces of shit uh were crying afterwards that they lost their jobs right like go go fuck yourself and die i mean seriously what you know there was one i saw the the funniest one was the guy that worked at a libertarian hot dog stand and they found out as first of all, I don't, I don't even know what a libertarian hot dog. Yeah, I don't stand, even know. Yeah, exactly. But that that was how it was described. Um, libertarians, we, we we haven't really talked about them a lot, but libertarians are essentially uh, conservatives um, who haven't fully committed to conservatism. Um, libertarians are the ones that you know. You, you see somebody on Twitter and they say, "Well, I'm not." I'm not on the left or I'm on the right. And you're like, all right, so you're, you know what, you're just a centrist. And they're like, no, I'm a libertarian. Um, libertarians are hilarious because they, they don't want any government intervention. They would prefer like no taxes. Um, they don't believe in, in the government intervening in literally any part. That's like, you know, Rand Paul, um, but then when you ask them to kind of expound upon that, like, okay, great, so you don't want government intervention, that means, you know, who's going to pay for roads and, and hospitals and schools? Um, you know, they feel like the market should regulate any anything and everything. So, um, you know, that's like, 
if you're like 17 or 18 and you read Ayn Rand, you know, and you become a, a libertarian, it's just kind of a phase most people grow out of. But, um, but anywho, so Charlottesville, I wanted to get your, your take on one thing because I know where I stand, but Antifa. So I'm a, I, myself, I don't think I would, I would be one of those dudes with the, the, you know, bandanas over their face. I, I, I can't see myself getting into a crowd with a bat. Um, hmm. and, and there's been some debate on the left about Antifa and even some of your like hardcore leftists have said, you know, I don't think it's right that they are resorting to violence. Um, but where, where do you stand on that? I'm interested cause you and I haven't really talked about that component of it. Um, wh- where do you stand on, you know, Nazis on one side, you show up to the protest, um, you know, where do you stand on Antifa and their, their from, kind of violence? Yeah. Yeah. From, from what I've heard, all, all the only thing I know is that it is the violent part. And uh, I'm not, I'm not cool with that. Like, the, you know, make, if you want to make your point on Nazis being assholes, don't be assholes like them. Like if you get, if it, if it comes down to fighting, sure, obviously, but don't go in with the intention of fighting. So yeah, I'm not a, I'm not cool with that. What do you think? Um, and I'm not like asking you to be the, the end all be all and solve this problem, but, um, I'm conflicted on it. So, like, if not violence, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, right? You're going to defend yourself, obviously. And, and, you know, what do you think the solution is if it's not violence? I mean, I saw the Tina Fey video and... Um, well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that was gross. Yeah. What What do you think the solution is? I mean, do you think it's like the old Simpsons gag where if you literally just ignore these people, they lose their powers? I mean, do you think it's no, no, no. a little bit of both where, you know what, maybe a little bit of um, force or, you know. Well, exerted? just don't go, in, don't, don't go in with the intention of being violent. Like, that, that would be my only thing. Like, you know, do what the others are doing, but just don't go in with the intent of being violent. Like, that, that, that's, that's, don't be the assholes that you're claiming they're being. That's the only thing I got. Yeah. I'm conflicted because on one hand, I, I agree with what you're saying. On the other hand, it's like this is the only thing that has worked in the past is letting these people know that, number one, we're not afraid of you. We're not intimidated by you. But number two, these motherfuckers fold up like, you know, beach chairs on a rainy day anytime the threat of violence is around them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're all big and bad and carrying torches but like the minute like one of them gets maced, they're they're fucking crying on YouTube the next day. Well, I think I think I think that that baked the last guy. I, I think he faked that one. I, I agree. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, he but, faked that. But there were others. There were others too. Like uh, Richard Spencer got maced. Um, there were other guys. There was one other dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Chris Cantwell, maybe. Chris Cantwell is the guy that released that fake ass crocodile to your video where he's like i'm in i'm in i'm gonna turn myself into the police and uh i'm i'm afraid that there's a warrant out for me which he there was no tears it was all bullshit propaganda um but so like i said i'm conflicted because 90 percent of these dudes if they ever got into a fight and look i'm not a fighter i'm not i'm not trying to make it sound like i'm some sort of badass uh, you know, Billy badass here, but like 90%, but I'm also not claiming to be some sort of Supreme, you know, uh, you know, badass either. You know what I mean? So like these guys are, so if, you, if you're going to claim that don't like, don't be a little bitch the first time somebody, you know, throws a rock at you, I guess is my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the picture of that, that black guy who had like the, the aerosol can and it was spraying the yeah. flame? Yeah. So that that picture uh, was pretty widely circulated, but I don't know if you heard the story behind that. You know that guy was a an elder care worker, and he was actually protecting a uh, one of his uh, elder care, um, you know, patients. I don't know if you knew no, that. I or not. No, I didn't. I didn't know that. That, that was the uh, the older white guy behind him, kind of like you know, doubled over a little bit. That was actually his patient, and. You know, this was like outside of a church. These uh, these white supremacists were, um, you know, targeting. Uh, there was a black church there, and they were like outside the church. And there was another Jewish uh, synagogue or temple there. And this this that guy in the picture was actually with one of his patients. And these, you know, these 
neo-Nazis got too close and in the wherewithal to be able to rig that up with just a fucking lighter and a, I think it was a spray paint can he had. Um, but you know, when that gets circulated in the media, it's Antifa's violent. Look at this black guy, you know, with a flamethrower. That's what they called it. Oh, this guy had a flamethrower. Get the fuck out of here. Um, well, I've learned, I've learned that news coverage, like, and I think I may have talked about this a long time ago where it, it's always, you know, I'll just use Obama and Trump as examples. It's always a Republican will say, you know, when, during the Obama reign, you know, if a Republican president was doing this, you guys would be so upset. And then now Trump is, well, I'm, you know, Trump is a bad example. I use a, a Republican president, whatever Republican president, I'll, I'll make up a name, you know, McCain, President McCain. And if, you know, if President McCain does something, Democrats will say, man, you know, for Democratic presidents, like, it, it, there's always this, the, the side of, instead of just saying what it is, uh, you know, instead of condemning what it is, it's, um, instead of condemning what it is, saying, what if? Like, why, why, why does it, why it's can't what we just if, condemn it? It's whataboutism. What? It's whataboutism, right? Okay, what about, yeah, I think we live, yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah, when, so when violence happens, what about Chicago? You know, what about black yes. on black crime? Like, it, it can never just be, hey, man, this is wrong. Don't do it. It always has to be, well, they were doing this and they were doing that. And I just, so, yeah, so in, in the coverage of that, it was, um, you know, oh, oh, if, uh, if somebody was doing this to white, to black people, like, it just, I just, it, it gets tiring on the news coverage of it. So it's just, I, I was not tired of it, but it's like, come on, man, we see through you. Yeah, yeah. It used to just be called uh, deflecting. You know, well, whenever, yes. whenever you'd make a point like on the Internet and somebody would say, well, what about, you know, like you said, you know, what about Hillary Clinton? What about her? Yeah. You know, whatever. And it's like, OK, you know, yes, but answer the fucking question. Like there was a uh, a video that had been pretty widely circulated the last couple of days where there was a Trump supporter who was talking about the market, you know, the stock market. And he was talking about the gains in the stock market, and he was trying to say, he was trying to attribute the growth of the stock market in the last six months to Trump. And it just so happened that the news show that he was on was on MSNBC, and I can't remember the two anchors' names. Um, Oh, I saw this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're financial reporters. They report on the market. They're not just like regular people who don't know anything about uh, finance or the market. These people do this for a living, and... The guy was like, stop, 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 stop. Let me tell you, the gains of the S&P 500 since 2009, I can draw a fucking straight line all the way up to where we are today. Are you attributing those gains to Obama? And the guy wouldn't answer the question, and, and the, the reporter just kept hounding him like, no, answer the question. And, and the guy eventually didn't answer because he couldn't. He was backed into a corner where he realized his point was fucking you know, moot. Um, because he'd just been schooled, but uh, you know, I would like to see that more. Um, I do find it kind of rich that, uh, it's happening now when it could have probably happened during the campaign and we wouldn't be in this situation. Um, if the media had called Trump out on everything that he had done, um, you know, you know, and, and, you know, to be fair, I guess somewhat fair, uh, not that we owe them fairness, but the media is doing it now. Um, but, uh, instead of just, you know, oh my God, look what Trump said. Like, call, fucking call him out on it. Like, instead of during the campaign when they had all these, uh, uh, what do they call them, surrogates? Um, mm. And just let them go unchecked on, like, all this fucking bullshit. And people at home who don't keep up on this stuff as you and I or, you know, the overwhelming majority majority of the Twitterverse, they're just regular people. And they're not fucking following this. They get their news in 20 to 30 second sound bites. And if you let these people go unchecked with this bullshit, that's what, you know, the American public goes into the voter uh, voting booth with. So, um, you know, and of course, uh, on the Charlottesville uh, um, press conference uh, that that Trump had, you know, they did challenge him. Right. Um, But that's what essentially exploded the uh, the rhetoric and, you know, the situation Trump could have come out plain as day and said, look, these neo-Nazis, KKK groups, um, you know, this is uncalled for. And instead we got the dreaded many sides, right? Um, Yeah. Which was just, uh, I feel like, you know, somebody made the equivalent of, um, you know, uh, some right-wing guy on Twitter and he said, uh, 
hey guys, you know, cut Trump a little bit of slack, you know. When when Steph Curry misses a three-pointer, it's not the end of the world. And I'm thinking to myself, that is the worst fucking analogy I've ever heard. Like, it's this awful. would be the equivalent, not of Steph Curry missing a three-pointer. Like, this would be the equivalent of Steph Curry missing a layup where literally nobody was guarding him. Um, and even then, that's probably not a, a good analogy. Like, this is the biggest layup in the history of political layups. Like, it doesn't get any easier than condemn Nazis. There's no, there's nothing in the political sphere that is easy as or and less controversial than saying we do not agree with it with this tactic from Nazis and he fucking blew it of course, um, I don't know man I I don't know why I'm surprised it's, it's, yeah it's not that's what I was gonna say it's not surprising the idea of like people are you know are they re- repeating all the words that hit lower to blood soil or whatever and not Jews will not take over and he just say hey. Dude, all you got to say, hey, stop. Don't do that. That's not very nice. You know, it's like, you can't even say, hey, don't do that. Dude, that you know, that's not that's not cool. Don't do that. And he, he couldn't do it. Like, I, I, I'm i not shocked anymore. It's just sh- surprised to see other people surprised. That's what. It, that's really what it was. And I, and I thought uh, uh, Seth Myers had a line the other day where he said the, the White House staff, they weren't shocked that he's racist. They were shocked that he was publicly racist. Like, this right. is what he sounds like. When the cameras aren't on, it's like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, eh, because he can. I saw, I saw one tweet. I, you know, I don't know how serious it was. It was a verified guy. I think a guy on TV. He was like, uh, some guy I just talked to said his prediction: when the when the stuff gets close to Trump and his family, he'll resign, and Pence will make Rubio his VP. And I was like, eh, okay, whatever. Yeah, no, I saw that too. I think I quote tweeted it. That every bit of that is hilarious. Um, Trump is not going to resign. It's just, it's not going to happen. Uh, he is, uh, I think, will remain until he's forced out because that is admitting that uh, that he's made a mistake. And I, I like I was thinking about this the other day, but like, uh, have you ever heard Trump say the words "I'm sorry" or "I apologize"? No, no, have you ever remembered no. him saying that? No. Uh, I, I feel like he is incapable of doing that. Like I feel like his ego will not allow he, like he will not allow himself to apologize. Like you hear politicians say that a lot, like even when they don't mean it really, it's just like a a conciliatory, conciliatory thing like you know what? You know, we, we made a mistake for that. You know, we apologize. Like he could never and would never do that in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um but uh the next thing was was Bannon, right? So Bannon, you know, a lot of that rhetoric comes and came from Bannon. Um, uh, you and I talked about this. I think it was like our third episode where you asked me what you thought was going to happen with Bannon, and I made a prediction at that time where I said he's going to resign. Um, I don't feel uh, uh, like uh, you know spiking the football on that prediction only because I don't feel like. Bannon is out of there because Trump wanted him out of there. I almost feel like he's out of there now with, you know, six or eight months of a high security clearance and mm-hmm. almost like this could be better for the Trump admin because now this this piece of shit, uh, job of the hut looking motherfuckers going back to Breitbart, as I mentioned, with seven months of, you know, top secret, uh, you know, daily briefing info. You know what I mean? Um, I don't what know. did you um, did you see the piece where they said the his strategy was to have race become an issue, and so by the time the election comes, there's race fatigue, and so you know I and it does it, it's it's an evil genius strategy, but it's 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 genius like it's, it it makes sense where the so called the people who are on you know the left side like you know what I'm so fucking tired of race I'm I'm so tired of white guilt. You know what? Fuck that. I'm going to vote for the right, and I'm going to vote for the white guy. Like that. It's a, it's a pretty genius move by him. Yeah, it's. Um, I said this before the election happened, and we. I think there was a lot of fatigue at that point. So, um, I think this type of discussion and conversation was kind of tuned out by a lot of people. Um, plus, we weren't really in a place nationally where people were ready to kind of hop on that train, but I think they are now. But I'll, I'll just say it here. Um, a lot of these tactics that Trump and mostly Bannon, because look, Trump's brain is is fucking jello, 
at this point. He he's taking cues from multiple people, but specifically Bannon. A lot of these tactics are straight out of the Goebbels Nazi propaganda playbook. What you mm-hmm. just mentioned was exactly one of the Goebbels playbooks when it came to, you know, one of his tactics in the playbook was race fatigue. What happened in in Nazi Germany was um, when Jews started to get singled out, by the time it got to the point where, you know, it was either shit or get off the pot, like, look, we need to do something about this movement or not, people were tired of it because it was a slow process where, you know, they didn't start day one and start, you know, killing Jews in Nazi Germany. It was a very, very slow, deliberate process. You you know, you do it little by little so that people get, you know, people get a t- time to adjust to it. So by the time it really ramps up, people are just so tired and they also feel like it's too late. Well, it's too late for me to do anything now. They've already started this. And I feel like, you know, that's what Bannon and Trump have, have attempted to do, right? So we're not mm-hmm. shocked by anything anymore. You said it earlier. I'm not shocked by anything anymore. You start with the Muslim ban, right? Mm-hmm. And we're shocked by that, right? Um, which luckily failed. But that's part of the process. And by the time you get to this point where Trump is not denouncing Nazis, we're so desensitized. We're not shocked by anything anymore. And it's just... You know, I feel like it's straight out of that playbook. Um, and look, I'm not, I'm not insinuating, excuse me, not insinuating that it's going to get to that point like it did. All I'm insinuating is that the tactics are the, the same. Um, it's it's the same thing. So um, I don't know. I don't I don't feel as good as I thought I was going to feel with Bannon out. Uh, um, I saw some great jokes. Obviously, that's uh, kind of got me through the week. I was I was angry. Um, you know, it was, it was very frustrating. I thought it was going to be, um, a little bit more, um, I don't know. I thought I was going to feel better about the, not, not what happened obviously, but the aftermath the way that people reacted. Right. Cause it, it was heartening to see these groups show up. It was heartening, you know, to see, uh, today in Boston, right. Where basically they just forced the Nazis out because they over outnumbered them. You know what I mean? Um, which was awesome, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I still just feel like the whole thing just is, is really shitty. Um, which like you said, is, is part of the, the tactic of, of fatigue. I, I agree with that. Uh, whoever said that, I agree with that sentiment. Now, is it going to work is a different story, right? Right, right. Well, I'm going to ask you a quick about speaking of if it's going to work. I saw somebody, you know, this, one of the things about Twitter, when somebody tries to have logic, they get uh, social media dunked on and get quoted, and that tweet gets a thousand tweets. But somebody said, you know, the Trump base, they have their opinions on the media. So there is no, like, if you if you talk down to them, they're not going to listen to what you got to say. They're mm-hmm. not going to listen to what you got to say, regardless. But talking down to them and making making them feel stupid, like it's not going to work. Like, is there is there even a tactic of like trying to explain instead of just saying, "Hey, dumb motherfuckers, why did you vote for the guy?" Say, "Hey, listen." You know, slow down. Let's 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 talk about this. You know, uh, most of these news clips are fake. Like he's got his uh his 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 news site now with the girl from CNN, the lady from CNN. It's fake. What 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 NBC, CBS, and ABC and CNN are and are, are doing? That's real. That's that's fair cover. Like, is there a point where a hardened Trump supporter is going to listen to the other side? Yeah, I think there is, and that's a great question. But what you've the question that you've just posed. And what you just said about how, you know, they're not going to respond to talking down to them. That's been a kind of a cry of the left. And when I say left, I mean the far left. I don't mean liberals. I mean, like, so the socialist movement, you know, kind of grassroots movements. Um, I think the answer to your question is y- you work on these people by organizing, right? You work it, mm-hmm. it, the way that it's going to change is not through the mainstream media because of what you just said. The right does not trust the media. So nothing right. that comes from that, I agree with you, they're they're not going to listen to it. So I think, to answer your question, it starts in the streets, it starts organizing, it starts with, you know, grassroots uh, movements, um, things like DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, which I actually joined recently, by the way, um, even though there is not a... Uh, a DSA membership uh, here locally. I might actually fucking start one, man. Um, if I can get enough people, I don't know what the minimum amount is, but the point is that movements like that, when you have to talk to the right 
in things, and, and I'm not saying this to insinuate their intelligence level. What I'm saying is you have to talk to the right with things that they care about. Um, you know, they don't care about all this, like, Wall Street slash uh, DC. They don't care about the stuff that you and I were just talking about with Bannon. They don't give a shit about that. They mm-hmm. care about their jobs. They care about their family, how they're going to pay for their bills, how they're going to, you know, the same things that you and I care about. Um, the thing that the right doesn't care about, unfortunately, is they don't care about social issues, right? They, they really, uh, and when I talk about the right, I'm talking about white people specifically, right? They don't, they don't care about, uh, gay and lesbian issues. They don't care about, um, you know, the fucking monuments, the statues, like they don't give a shit about that. You have to talk about what they care about, um, which is, as I mentioned, healthcare, you know, how they're going to pay for these things. Um, their jobs, you know, wages, things of that nature. So I, I hope that answers your question. Now, will will that work? It's I, it's going to work a lot better than these other tactics that that liberals have, you know, tried to employ. Um, you know, but that that's really the only way that it's going to change. Is you know, I think I talked about it. Was it last episode or the episode before about class? You have to let the right know. That even though they're a conservative and we might be, you know, leftists or what have you, we want the same things, right? We want our kids to be able to go to good schools. We want to not be burdened by health care costs. Um, we want good jobs. We want to get paid. So I think that's the, the tactic or the strategy strategy um, that, that gets them to our side. If anything does, it's going to be that, in my opinion. So um, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of statues, um, I thought it was, was interesting that that's where the debate shifted. Um, what are your thoughts? I I don't think there are any Confederate monuments in Miami or South Florida, really. Do you know of any down there? There's there's some, there's street names in Hollywood. Street names. Okay. Yeah. There's like Lee street and there's some other streets in Hollywood. They, 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 in the past few weeks, they've been trying to take those down. Well, did I, I think I. I think I tweeted you about this. Did I, t- yeah, yeah. I tell you I don't this? Think you did, but go ahead. So um, I've mentioned this before. I think if you've been listening all, on all of our episodes, first of all, thank you. But I think I may or may not have mentioned the first episode that I live in Lee County, right? So Lee County, Florida, is obviously named after Robert E. Lee. Um, and many years ago, we uh, when I say we, I mean. Uh, you know, many in the community in Fort Myers and specifically the NAACP, which is a very, um, very strong here in Lee County. Um, so in the 90s, they, they made a lot of headway. There was a really big movement here in trying to change the name from Lee County to King County, of course, after Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to understand that Fort Myers and Lee County has pretty uh, deep roots when it comes to white supremacy. It's not on the same level as, say, you know, somewhere in Mississippi, perhaps. Um, but it's far more right than maybe a lot of people would would believe. Um, but so long story short, the NAACP actually got this all the way to the, the, you know, state government or what have you to change the name. And they won, right? They won. The council voted, you can change the name of the county. The only downside was... They, the state and the county refused to pay for the signs, all the insignia. You know, you think about how much cost, you know, goes into the school buses, schools, textbooks, all this stuff would have come up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think they said approaching millions of dollars, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that was kind of the end of it. Um, it kind of reminded me of, do you remember when... Uh, Interestingly enough, when Donald Trump sued the NFL with the USFL and he won yes. a dollar, he won a dollar yeah. in the lawsuit. So that yeah. was kind of like the fuck you from the state of Florida because they knew that um, it would never happen. They'd never be able to, to pay for it because the the citizens were never going to raise that type of money. And there's no way that the uh, the NAACP and other groups are going to be able to raise that that type of money. So that's essentially what happened. Um, with the name, that's as far as it got, and they, I guess, they kind of gave up after that. Um, but we do have a bust down here. I tweeted about it of Robert E. Lee, um, which I'd like to remove um, uh, via democratic means. I'll say that 
I would like to get it removed by democratic means. Um, and I actually was going to show up, Lousen, on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday night. On Tuesday, there's a Fort Myers City Council meeting at 4.30. They open the floor to anybody in the in the town. Just anybody can uh, you know, kind of say their piece. They give you four minutes. And I was going to go and talk about the statue. And I had this or the bust of Robert E. Lee in downtown Fort Myers. And I had this whole thing written out. I was going to give this little speech. I was going to talk about how I'm sixth generation Fort Myers Floridian. My ancestor was the first resident of Fort Myers, which is true, by the way. Um, and I found out that the city actually doesn't own the bust. Um, it was donated by the the Sons of the Confederacy, which apparently is a pretty popular or common thing. And uh, apparently now nobody knows who has the right to be able to remove this bust. So uh, I was kind of upset about that because I, I'd really like to see this thing go. Um, but did you see that most of these, like the one that was pulled down in Durham, did you hear this backstory about um, how these are just like chintzy, crappily made busts? No, no. So... Most of these busts and statues were erected in the 1950s and 1960s as a direct, um, you know, confrontation with the civil rights movement. So once the civil rights movement started to, um, you know, come into effect, obviously, in the 1960s, specifically in the South and Southeast, right, um, these groups, um, Confederacy groups, white supremacist groups, some of them, I, I think, were even the KKK um, although the KKK wasn't as big in the 1960s as it was, say, in the 1940s or 50s, um, they donated these busts to the cities. And, you know, like I mentioned, as in direct confrontation to the civil rights movement. So that's why you saw the one in fucking Durham when they pulled it down, it fucking folded up like taffy. Just, uh, just you know, crappy made uh, busts. Um, but that was the one here in Fort Myers. It was donated in 1966 by the sons of the confederacy to the city and the city allowed him to put it up and it even has the fucking like years that robert e lee was born um so it's clearly like a a, a memorial right it's not just like a, yeah. here's a historical and that and that's what's really pissed me off um is everyone saying well it's historical this slippery slope bullshit like well we're gonna fucking forget the civil war happened if we take down these you know, statues of these, you know, racist pieces of shit who lost a fucking war. Um, just so frustrating, man. But, uh, what's your take on, on the, uh, the historical, uh, aspect of it? Have you, have you seen this argument over the last week? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, basically reference to the Trump tweets, right? Basically what Trump tweeted, like, uh, what it happened. You can't, you can't ignore it or some bullshit like that. Didn't say some shit like that. Well, he's, he compared, uh, Robert E. Lee to Thomas Jefferson and uh, George Washington and, you know, saying that uh, but what I think you're talking about is people saying, well, you know, if if we uh, if we do this and we're doomed to repeat it sort of deal as if as if we're going to, you know, it's going to happen again if we take down these bullshit statues. Is that what you're talking about? Like those who forget history are doomed to repeat it sort of deal. Yeah, I, just, I, I got, I got. I mean, I really, obviously, don't want it, the the statues today up. So, like, just get rid of those motherfuckers. Like, we, it's it's offensive that it's been around that long. So just get rid of those motherfuckers. Like, I, it, I'm glad that people have like woken up and said, "Hey, these probably shouldn't be here." Like, just get rid of this motherfucker. Yeah, and I'll take it a step further, buddy. Um, somebody said, "Well, what if we just got rid of all the statues?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's do that." Yeah, Fucking- yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them. Like, I don't give a fuck if it's a Confederacy general or not. Like, fucking get rid of all of them. Like, okay. Like, it always, it's hilarious to me when conservatives, uh, you know, like, luck into the type of, you know, like, they think they're going to own the libs. Like, oh, yeah, we'll just take them all down. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, go ahead. I'll help. Um, We'll do that shit for free. Like, I know some some dudes right now, we'll get a truck. We'll We'll haul this shit away free of charge. Save the taxpayers money. Um, and and maybe, maybe maybe it's because history wasn't my favorite class growing up, but like I've never given a fuck about a statue. Like just in, in life, I've never I've never walked past a statue and said, "Hey, hey, what is this? Oh, hey, let me read who, who this." Is. Like I've never <laughs> walked like Sunlight Stadium, you know, uh, uh, Orange Bowl, whatever. I've never walked past a stadium 
I'm looking at Dolph Lamar right now, but Aventura Mall, I'm sure there's statues in Aventura Mall or places I've worked. I've probably driven past that statue every day for the last 20 years and I've never cared to look it up. So I, I could I could give a fuck about all that. Like, and and uh, back to the point about the why can't it ever just admit something's wrong? So uh, uh, I guess a Republican, Miami Hurricanes fan, he put up this meme of Martin Luther King and it said, oh, Martin Luther King was against gay marriage. Should we take down his statue too? And it's like, dude, what the fuck does that even mean, man? But, you know, whatever. Well, uh, first of all, there's no proof that Martin Luther King ever said that, by the way. There's there's right. literally, there's no evidence that Martin Luther King ever said that he was against gay marriage. Um, probably because gay marriage like wasn't even a thing that was talked about in the 1950s mm-hmm. and 1960s. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's bullshit. Um, second of all, Robert E. Lee, st- or excuse me, Martin Luther King stood for something. He stood for rights in this country. Um, what the fuck did Robert E. Lee stand for? <laughs> like, that's not, that's like the dumbest fucking comparison. Um, but hey, here's the thing. Like, if you want to take down all the statues, literally all of them, including Martin Luther King, but all the fucking Confederacy one go, ones go, I don't think a whole lot of people are going to fight you on that. Like, you know what? If you want to take them all down, fine. Um, right. You know, uh, you know personally, I, I would be in favor of replacing all the Confederacy statues with, you know, people like Martin Luther King. Um, I'm totally good with that. Um, but as a compromise, if you want to fucking take them all down, you know what? I'm good with that, too. Like, to your point, I don't need a fucking statue to remind me of history. It, um, right. We have fucking libraries for that. Um you know, it was just like a, a nice thing, especially when, look, if those statues were erected um, as a positive thing, like you know what, I'd almost be okay with it. But you know, those statues were erected were erected to um, disenfranchise you know African Americans. So uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I hope that we get past it. I'm 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 glad that that is something that people are focusing on. I feel like there's other issues we can focus on, but I'm glad that something good came out of this ordeal where people are looking around like, you know what? We don't fucking need these dumbass statues anymore. Um, but uh, did you see the the Juggalos? The Juggalos are yes. going to put together a march? Um, you know, we live in the strangest, dumbest, weirdest fucking times. Like, if I had told you, you know three, four, five years ago that in 20, I can't, I've come from the future, Lousen. Um, the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs in 2016. Uh, you probably wouldn't believe that either. But but, uh, but the Juggalos are putting together a march against hate and racism. Um, like that doesn't even, you know, how are we to this point? Like when the Juggalos are come to save us this is like a, an episode of Rick and Morty. Like it just, none of this makes any sense. Um, uh, at this point in time, I don't know. Um, uh, that's going to be fucking violent. Those guys don't fuck around. Like if you're, if you're a conservative or you're the fucking alt, right. Uh, I'm telling you right now, Lousen and myself are not advocating violence. But I'm telling you, don't show up to that unless you you want some violence. Because those juggalos, you know, they've been uh, unfairly so. But do you know that they're they've been uh, branded a hate group by the FBI? I've, I've, I've heard that before. Yes. Ah, um, but the worst, But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. And this is why I'm not cool with the Antifa, Antifa, whatever those people call. You know, when they get violent, the the the, the Nazis are going to have a voice because. For some, you know, not for some reason. We know why. The news media, they're willing to interview those guys. Like, I don't know if you saw this, the, the interview with the Spanish reporter, and she's talking to the Nazi, and he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'd burn him. And the reporter says, would you burn me? And he's like, yeah, if I have to, you know, you're on my property. You know, they're fine giving them access. Down here, Local 10, they talked to this guy who uh, who said he went up there. And it's like, uh, what about the girl who died? And he just, his response was to just say, she shouldn't have been on the street. Like we, they're they're giving them a voice, and when yeah. something like Black Lives Matter happened, you know, they don't give them a voice. Like I I reference this a lot in Dallas, the shooting in Dallas. You know, I, I think I should have to point out I'm not for killing cops. You shouldn't you shouldn't shoot cops. 
So, you know, obviously. So, the, But the guy, Michael Johnson, he was a Marine, and he also happened to, photo, to have a photo of him wearing a dashiki with his fist in the air. The news media ran with the photo of him wearing a dashiki with his fist in the air instead of him dressed as a Marine. This guy today who shot, who killed the two uh, Kissimmee officers, a 42-year-old Marine, you know, they're, they're, uh, and uh, somebody on Twitter, Mr. Bill, was making a joke. Because I said, watch how, this, watch how they take uh, uh, profile this guy. Because if it's a white guy, they would have said, you know, lone wolf. Mm-hmm. He was a loner, blah, blah, blah. He, you know, didn't have friend, friends as a kid. And if it's this black guy, if they found an incriminating photo, photo that makes him, you know, look black, they're going to run with it. And Mr. Bill's like, yeah, they're looking through his social media to see if he's wearing a, uh, a backwards hat so they can point out, oh, look. He was thuggish. It makes sense. So those guys, like, if they get whooped, they're going to have a voice and they're going to be the sympathetic ones where it's just, hey, we're just having, trying to have free speech, you know, the, the whole misinterpretation of free speech because I think free speech means say whatever the fuck you want but I'm getting stopped in the face. Like, you can't just walk up to somebody and say, I hope you die, you fucking Jew, and not expect to get stopped in the fucking face. So these guys, they're going to get sympathy if they keep getting their, uh, their asses whooped. Yeah, I... I I do agree with that, but I also would point out that during the campaign, there were fucking GQ profiles of Richard Spencer. Right, right. And I feel like it's almost worse. Again, I'm not, and to, to echo your thoughts on the matter, we're not saying show up with fucking, you know, nails and two by fours looking to fucking hit anybody that you walk by in a hood. But at the same time, like, you can't leave these fuckers unchecked. Like, you have to check them, whether it's showing up and saying, hey, if you fucking do anything, we will we will check you. You know, like, uh, like at Charlottesville, like with the, you know, when they surrounded the fucking students around the, uh, you know, the, the courtyard area where they were, you know, and all the students were, like, locking arms and things. Um, mm. Like, I feel like you cannot leave these people unchecked because this is what happens. A guy like Richard Spencer becomes a national fucking name, uh, household name, because, you know, hey, this is the da- – remember the fucking – the Mother Jones. Here's the da- dapper, yeah, white dapper white nationalist. Yeah. You, you cannot leave people like that unchecked. That's how movements grow. So I, I'm with you on the, on the sense that, look, we're not advocating murder – and or uh, unsolicited violence, but at the same time, you, you have to check these guys. You can't, you can't let them because it's again. I'll echo what I said earlier. It's the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany. It's the same thing that happened with the rise of the KKK here in this country. So many people said, "Ah, just leave them alone. They're not gonna. These these guys are a fad, and everything is a fad until it's not. Everything is a, is a small movement until it's not." Um, you know, uh, Lebetard used to use the, uh, the, it, it actually wasn't Gandhi who said it, but you know, the quote that, uh, first they, they laugh at you or first they ignore you. Then they, uh, laugh at you. Then they fight you. And then you win. You know, this quote, yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard it. Yeah. Everything is, is nothing until it's something right. Like all these movements, the, the all right, you know, people laughed at them and then they won. Um, the KKK, these neo-Nazis, people laugh at them until they fucking run over a girl and murder her uh, in cold blood, right? Just totally unsolicited. So I feel like there has to be a presence there. And look, that could be, it doesn't have to be violence. It could be a lot of different things. It could be what happened in Boston today where, you know, what did they say, Forty or 50,000 people showed up and literally yeah. just drowned out the Nazis that were there and they fucking left. That could be, that could be a, a, a check, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be showing up with baseball bats. It could just be, you know, we are the many, uh, you are the few. We outnumber you, therefore we're going to win. So that's what it could be. So um, lastly, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was this very famous, uh, now famous, circulated article, uh, which you may have seen, called I Voted for Trump and I Sorely Regret It. Did you see this? No, but I'm, I'm tired of these. But go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm tired of them too. Um, the only reason I wanted to to bring it up and mention it was um, because and there's been a hundred of these, right? I, I agree yeah. with you. Um, 
The only reason I wanted to bring it up is because of the person that wrote it. Uh, his name is Julius Crean or Crine. Um, and uh, I saw this guy um, on MSNBC uh, on Friday. And I would have just totally glossed over this article just like you had and been like, yeah, we've seen this. It's been done. You know, shut the fuck up about it. Um, but this guy is a real piece of shit. Um, he caught my attention with his interview. Uh, he was just very um, uh, almost like unrepentant um, in a way. Um, almost like he's only writing this article to save face. Shocker, right? Mm. Um, but I'll just read you a couple of excerpts from this uh, article. Um, again, his name is Julius Crine. This is a New York Times article. Um, and he- here's a couple of excerpts that caught my eye. He says, uh, what, you may wonder, especially in the wake of Charlottesville, Virginia, did I possibly see in this candidate? Although crude and meandering for almost all of the primary campaign, Mr. Trump eschewed strict ideologies and directly assessed themes that the more conventional candidates of both parties preferred to ignore. Rather than recite uh, peons to American enterprise, he acknowledged that our information economy has delivered little wage or productivity growth. He was willing to criticize the bipartisan consensus on trade and pointed out the devastating effects of deindustrialization felt in many communities. He forthrightly addressed the foreign policy failures of both parties, such as the debacles in Iraq and Libya, and rejected the utopian rhetoric of democracy promotion. So, a couple of things here. Um, Let me just say this. When you are white and you are liberal, um, or white and conservative, there are things that you are able to uh, gloss over because they just don't matter to you. Like earlier, you were asking me, "What you know? How do we pull people from the right over to the left? Right? How do we how do we reach these people?" Um, the reason that Trump resonated with these people is because they don't care about race issues. They don't care about equality issues. They don't care about any of these things. Um, so the excerpt that I just read, this guy was focused on trade. You, do you know, Lousen, like how fucking privileged you have to be mm-hmm. to where trade is like your number one issue? Like, who gives a fuck, man? Mm-hmm. Like, nobody cares about trade unless you're this asshole uh, wearing an Armani suit. Um, like, nobody cares. Like, I could walk down the streets of Fort Myers or Miami and ask a hundred people in both of our cities. Um, which are pretty representative, I think. You know, you live in a very liberal area. I live in a predominantly conservative area. Pretty representative of, I think, the nation. I could ask 100 people in each city what their most important uh, issue is. You know how many of them would say trade? Fucking no. nobody. Yeah. Like, m- maybe one, right? Um, so, uh, you know, he goes on to say, like, well, I just I thought the worst would be just a couple of tweets um you know i don't think he's racist um and that's another thing like there are people out there that honestly believe that that trump is not a racist right even after their everything that this guy has said and done um you know not condemning david duke all of these things um but this guy was on msnbc and you know every time that he was kind of and look i guess it takes a little bit of balls to show up Uh, on a liberal network and kind of, you know, have to answer for this article. Um, But all he was really doing was kind of criticizing the left and talking about why people didn't like the left. It's like, motherfucker, you overlooked all of these things to to vote for this guy. And now, now, you're just now going to come out and, and jump ship. Like, you wouldn't jump ship after the Mexicans are racist. You wouldn't jump ship after the pussy grabbing, the Central Park Five, the birther stuff, which started the whole movement, right? Uh, like, this is the issue, like, where you draw the line. Um, it's just so, like, intellectually dishonest and disingenuous. disingenuous and it's just, it's frustrating to me that they're, uh, these people, uh, and this this dude is not like a regular everyday person we're talking about. You know, this guy's an elite. Um, mm. So I don't know. It's just frustrating. What do you What do you think? And what would you say to the uh, the Trump voter who? What would you say to this guy um, 
who well, saw that's, all this. Well, that's, that's, so everything you said, like he's like, oh, he showed this, he showed that. Like all that was was just a dismissive tweet, where it's like, oh, he's not afraid to criticize any of the loser Obama, la la la. You know, it, it's just it, it, it sounds good when you add it up, you know, like a resume where you just say, oh, uh, I'm a good listener. You know, like it's, it, it sounds good <laughs> when you put it down resume type. But I'm I'm guessing for every one of those things, it was just a tweet where he just dismissed, where he just says, loser this, uh, uh, you know, sleepy, what, what do you call it, low energy jab, um, time, baby Marco, whatever. Just, 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 it, it sounds cool, but it's, it's really nothing. So he, he, it sounded like a little shit that he was saying, like, oh, he's this and that, he's this and that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know, uh, I don't know what's going to get, uh, you know, the rest of these, you know, people to jump ship. Forget about regular, re- regular people. I can't, I can't criticize regular people. Um, I saw, uh, you know, and actually for him, kind of, kind of poignant, the, the Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel monologue where he talked about, you know, regular people like, look, I understand why you voted for Trump. Uh, here was somebody different. Things weren't going the way you wanted. I get it. Um, you know, I, I can't criticize regular people for voting for Trump. Mm. Um, now, you know, because how I mentioned earlier, they get the news in 20 to 30 second clips, right? That That's all they're focused on. They're not watching uh, CNN all day. They're not on Twitter all day long like us. Um, you know, I, I have a girl that works for me and uh, she's she voted for Trump. She's Cuban. She's born and raised in Cuba. She moved here when she was like 14 or 15. And uh, we talk politics, you know, occasionally because she's very open-minded. She doesn't get offended. And um, every time I'll say something to her and I'll say, well, what did you think when Trump said this? And she's like, he said what? She literally didn't know about the the pussy grabbing video. Right. It was like the biggest fucking story in the world. And Mm -hmm. she's like, "I I didn't know that. I never, you know, and so I think that, you know, we talk a lot about like the bubble and stuff like that. I think we've, we kind of take a step back and realize that, uh, quote unquote normies, they're not, they're not paying as much attention to this stuff. So I think we focus on, mm -hmm. they're not paying attention, they're not paying attention and they're very gullible because I don't know if you saw the James Woods photo. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's like. Oh yeah, because you, 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 I think you like the tweet where you just search on my phone, my my shitty Android phone. You hold the the photo down and it says search Google image, and it takes you to a 2015 London. I mean, somebody said 2013, but something in London in 2015, 2013. But you know, it got like 20,000 retweets or whatever. How many thousand retweets? Somebody sees that James Woods photo and like, wow, this is what they again. Somebody who gets swayed, where it's like, wow, you know, I was with the anti Nazis, but. I don't know, man. I think I got to take the Nazi sides if you're gonna hit them with bricks. I mean, with wood, 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 with nails on it. So they, they, they're, they're very gullible. There was another guy, some dude from Chicago with a verified account. I, you know, I don't know how that that works, but he's posting photos like, "Oh, this is the these, these signs they got," and it's a woman, a, I think a white woman wearing a hoodie, and the sign says "fuck the police" or "kill the police." And again, you search Google image, and it's a six-year-old photo. Yeah, like, you know that's. They're, so they're, they're, they're gullible on the news. They just get get whatever they, they get on Facebook. Well, that's uh, kind of to bring it around full circle about what we were talking about earlier. That, to me, has been the most frustrating thing about the media coverage is the comparison between the neo-Nazis and Antifa and the quote-unquote alt-left, right? Where mm. you even had people do like Joy Reid, who was calling them alt-left months ago, and yeah. now people like her are coming out and saying, well, you know, we can't, we gotta, we can't compare these two sides. It's like, you did that for fucking months. You know, you compared and like all, like her and other people like Neera Tannen, like all these people in the fucking Democratic Party who, you know, classified quote unquote Bernie bros as racist. And, well, well, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you saw yeah. that, right? It was kind of funny because it was like, there was one, I saw one Bernie bro, he said something. And I think he said, uh, speak English. And it's like, oh, God, look at this Bernie bro doing the speak English here in America. It's like, oh, yeah. that's a little weird. But yeah, but they, yeah, no, I'm sure, look, I'm sure shit like that happened. All right? I'm, mm-hmm. I, I know. But to characterize an entire movement, 
uh, based on like a couple of different people. Um, that was a thing. That was a tactic that was, in my opinion, used by Hillary to say, "Well, look at these, look at these people, look at these Bernie Bros." Um, you know, and look, were there people in the alt right who? Uh, well, look at Cassandra Fairbanks, the fucking you know who that is, right? The the yeah. uh, bitch who uh, I'm calling her bitch, and I do know her name as a <laughs> callback from last week. Um, she was a quote unquote Bernie bro, and when he lost, she jumped ship to the alt, you know, the alt right as like a fucking grift, you know. Same thing with uh, I think I mentioned in the last episode. Baked Alaska was. Uh, a fan of the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement, and now of course he's macing himself on a, you know, on cam on a stream to you know, uh, uh, get money or grift or what have you. But uh, I just think you know with the Antifa thing too, I just think it's dangerous to um, for our side or whatever you want to call it to kind of classify them as violent because. Like you said, if if people see the two as as equals, or they they start to feel sympathy for that side, that's not a good thing. Um, so I just think you know we got to be careful and look at look at the co- broader context. Like Antifa literally means anti-fascist. If there is yes. no if there is no fascism, there's no Antifa. They're only there because these other groups are are instigating. These things, Antifa doesn't show up to Charlottesville unless uh, several thousand neo Nazis or however many of them there were aren't there with tiki torches and and um, intimidating, you know, black churches and Jewish temples. You know what I mean? So, um, you got anything else, man? Uh, I mean, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't get to a lot of fun. What else? I mean, we could make fun of Trump <laughs> not knowing how to spell hill. That was fun. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is funny when it takes him like three, uh, you know, three different tweets to uh, tweet the same. You know, it would have been funny if he had tweeted like Heil, as in like you know, Sieg Heil. Oh yes. man, the, the internet would have fucking exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, he. The funny thing about that is he he tried to tweet it again like a half hour later and still fucked it up, right? Yeah, he still fucked it up. What else funny happened this week? I've just been caught up in the whole... I've just been angry this week, man. It's a very angry uh, uh, week for me, personally. Um, Not personally, but, like, you know, with all this stuff going on. Um, I think think that was literally the only funny. Like, everything else was serious. Bannon and Nazis and racism and... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about it. That's kind of the tone, man. I mean, I you know, we try to have fun on this podcast, right? It's uh, you know, we try to come up with a game or lighthearted. I just I couldn't I couldn't get to that place, man. I'm sure that um, you know, we'll get back on. The the good news is that literally every week something else, you know, happens that uh, you know, we can kind of kind of look to, but uh um that's really it, man. I mean, I don't I don't have anything else. Like I said, uh, you know, a young woman was was killed. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see justice there. I know the guy was already arrested and whatnot, but um, uh, sorry, this wasn't really a funny one for for, for those no, of us who right. for for uh, you know who enjoy us um, on this podcast. But uh, but that's really it, man. So we uh, we'll get back at it next week. I know, like I said, something else funny will happen. So. Um, I'll come up with a, a Bannon or Goebbels game or something. Well, you know what? I'll say this. Um, things are going to get funny now that Bannon's back at Breitbart. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to start to see some shit. Um, so we'll, we'll have something for you there. But uh, that's all we got, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed listening. We are Social Insecurity, as always. You can check us out on Twitter. I'm at Basie Croc. Lousen is at Lousen is last name, L-A-U-Z-I-N. Our official show account is at Social Insect Pod. Uh, send us some emails. Um, I got a couple of things I want to do, maybe like a mailbag um, that Eric and I can answer some of your questions, uh, maybe some sort of uh, advice column. I think that would be fun. But you got to send us some emails or some tweets. Um, Eric's DMs are open, I think. Right, buddy? Yes, uh, yes. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Ladies, you heard that. 
Um, send us an email. Send us an email. We are socialinsectpod at gmail.com. Um, haven't heard from our buddy Flapjack lately, Eric, so I hope everything's okay uh, out there with him. But uh, that's all we got. We'll see you guys later. Have a good night. Bye.